2: This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and I'm coming to you, well it's the back end of the week, because to be quite honest with you, I've been, I've been trying to find characters to, 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 to get on this podcast this week and they've all seemed to have gone missing. Saturday night was a bit of a night. Brentford went to Stanford Bridge and we gave him an absolute tonking, as you'll hear a bit later on. In this podcast and uh literally everyone has gone missing since Saturday. I don't know if they've been out since Saturday, so it's been a bit of a toughy So we thought we'll have a little bit of a rest and we'll come back and we do a bit of a late podcast this week. My name's Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my mate Laney, who I've just discovered. I just he's just popped his head up after gone missing for five days. Laney, how are you?
3: Yeah, good mate. Yeah, missing in action. Yeah, it was uh what what an afternoon eh it was, it, i think everyone's still buzzing i think the whole football world's still buzzing about that and it's uh you know it's it's the first time probably since the arsenal game that we've kind of witnessed that whole football world fricking their ears up and taking notice of Brentford again and uh, yeah which as I said what an afternoon and we had a we had a we had a few cold drinks to celebrate after the game as well so um, yeah all all that was good about supporting Brentford was uh, was out in force on Saturday uh, in uh, in and around Stamford Bridge.
2: Yeah I mean again we'll talk about the game in a little bit later but I mean you know there there, there are words out that Brentford were a little bit lucky on that day weren't they lady? Well, if, if that's
3: lucky, I don't I, you know, that's certainly not the definition of luck that I, I've grown up sort of uh, understanding now. We, we, we fully deserved what we got there, and um, it was just amazing just to watch it. Yeah, we, we will talk about it, but, you know, it was just that sense of disbelief. You looked around the stands, you know, whether you are upper or lower, um you know my son was lower and I was upper so I kind of like, spoken to him at length about what it was what it was like and um it was just a sense of like euphoria mixed with kind of bewilderment about um and disbelief about what the, what the bloody hell it was we were witnessing and um but again it's just you know it wasn't a fluke you know we we deserved that and you know the last the last few games have been building up to a performance and you you called it you know in the predictions last week you you, you called Brentford win and I you know I sent something I said a draw so we were we were sniffing that we were we were capable something could happen should happen you know we were due a win against one of these big clubs again um and 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 so 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 that's what transpired it was just just an incredible uh you know I was there moment
2: that's right, that's right. So listen, we're going to crack on because we've got plenty. Well, we actually have got plenty to talk about on this podcast. We've got very few things to talk about. We've actually only got to talk about Chelsea, West Ham Melbourne, Melbourne. Millwall. Actually, no, we won't talk about Millwall, actually. Well <laughs> we talk about Chelsea game at last weekend. And also we've got Millwall coming up. No, not Millwall. We've got West Ham coming up. <laughs> um, oh, blimey. Don't say that. I don't yeah. say that at all, actually. And the way that... Actually, I'll we'll tell you something. It's actually a nice little link. Because we beat Chelsea, the fact is that we actually won't have Millwall coming up next season because uh, Millwall are, uh, well, they're not going to make the playoffs in the championship and we are not going down and we will talk about that a little bit later I tell you something one other little point I want to say to you as well just to let everybody know first of all obviously you know the Man United tickets have gone on sale as well up at Manchester United on Bank Holiday Monday I picked up my tickets uh, yesterday me and me, Laney me, and the crew we're going up there as well so people pick up your Man United tickets as well um, and also the Tottenham game uh, if you're not aware the Tottenham game is actually on Saturday the 23rd at 5.30pm but there was an email that went out by the club, they're saying that the Tottenham game could potentially move to Sunday the twenty fourth, if Chelsea beat Real Madrid. Uh, so the game's mm. on Saturday the twenty third, isn't it, Lainey? Yes, it, it looks like that way. Like, yeah,
3: but <laughs> we did better. We did better than Real Madrid did the other night. Yeah, we got four; they only got three. So we're not only world champions; we're better than Real Madrid. Is that is that the way it works? Yeah,
2: yes, that's the way it works in football. anyway, we're going to go away. We're going to have a little drink. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk Chelsea. In Chelsea, aren't we? We're going to tell you what we're going to do. All right? We, we want to talk about that Chelsea game. But before we, we, we talk about that Chelsea game, we're going to go back to Saturday. We're going to go to the terraces. We're going to go to the pubs. And we're going to hear exactly what the fans had to say about that Chelsea match.
3: You know, we've come up to this division and it's been too hard at times and I, I've always felt we were due a massive, massive result and it's come today when we really needed it. We went a goal down, Rudiger scored a Worldie and we, 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 we worried about whether that would be it but we come back and we never lost, we never lost faith and we played some stunning football today, Bill and we, it could have been more than four, it could have been five or six and we, we just were, we did our club proud on and off the pitch today. Every player out there has played their heart out for Brentford. Brentford is staying up. We're here. We've arrived. We're only going to get better.
2: We are Brentford. Chelsea got that goal, but we came back. And boy, did we sting them back. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it was the Ericsson effect. There's seemed a bit more composure in front of goal. Like I say, we... Channel. what can I say? He took both goals superbly, you know. I've never been happy to be a beat. Honestly, it takes him back to Fulham, four one away. He really does.
3: Never, mate, in my wildest dreams, that every single player out there today was absolutely immense. I have to say, you know, like Roslev gets a bit of stick, put in a great shift today. Absolutely brilliant.
4: So oh, it's
3: unbelievable. European champions, we just beat him four one.
4: We've just beaten As the so called world champions, and we hammered them in their own ground. That was unbelievable. The quality of the football from the first 10 minutes was sensational, but do you know what? We've been waiting for a game where all our chances fell to us and we took them.
0: And today, everything fell to us, Billy, and it was. Is this the greatest result in our history? It's got to be the best ever, ever. I mean, these are the champions of, le- of Europe. You know, I mean, I know we went to Wembley and I know we won, and that was the proudest day of our life. But this is the best win I've ever seen. What? Well, how amazing is it to have a player like Eriksen in the middle there? Just
4: the way he just
0: the way we just got the ball to him and we just pulled them apart. It was the best best ever game of my life. I loved it. Didn't it?
3: It means so much, and I cannot wait to get on the streets of West London tonight and celebrate. <laughs> Chelsea, you did your best, but you're not good enough for the mighty. Come on, you bees! I've been waiting a very, very long time for that one. That was outstanding game. We, for a man, we played brilliantly. First 10 minutes was all over Chelsea. You know the goals. The actual goals were brilliant. The performance was brilliant. The actual. You know, oh, I. I, got, I can't. I've got words for it. It's just absolutely amazing.
4: We absolutely wiped the floor with them and I loved it. So, Brentford. Oh, no, no, yes. Yes. I love it, I love it, I love it.
0: We were magnificent today. Like, it's not even like we kind of like scraped it. We were fucking
3: magnificent. We blew, like, we blew them apart. It's the we blew them apart. The greatest performance them. I've Killed seen them. in 40 odd years, you know, all the time. That- Oh, it was just magnificent. It was
0: magnificent. We've just taken apart the defending European and World Club Cup champions on their turf with a full-strength team. We've got a goal behind and, and we, we, we are now looking like a, a team maybe it's Ericsson maybe it's the other players coming back from injury but we look like a team that the same Brentford that was Brentford in August and September we go toe to toe as soon as Chelsea you know that, that, I thought we had a great first half second half Chelsea were like right we'll turn the screw and we'll play we'll, we'll outplay you actually we wanted that we, we want to play football and we did it and it's it, amazing we, you know Absolutely wonderful. I, I, I would dare say this might be the biggest win in our history.
1: What a great result. People have just buzzing for us. And I think, you know what, I think we were safe anyway, but I definitely feel we're safe now. And we've just said, you know what, here we go. This is what we're about, being on the second season in the Premiership. Come on, you bees.
2: So there you go. I don't think I found one unhappy bee. After that, um, I didn't find any Chelsea fans to to talk to, which is probably uh, not surprising, but um, plenty of bees to speak to, and then everyone was really happy. Even 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 the bloke who, um, well, he didn't even see the goals. <laughs> he was desperate to talk to. He's great. He kept just coming. Up, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. And then he was just like, I just didn't see any of the goals. And uh, yeah, but I'm really the best day of my life. Like you know, um, that really sort of kind of sort of kind of just picked up the joy on the day, didn't it, lady?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, standing next to you, and you know, just seeing the afternoon panning out. You know, we, we chat to you know during the match, and you know, we we've kind of got our quirky little hinge and bracket kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, we don't careful not to jinx things. We we try not to kind of like you know predict too much during the match itself, and we kind of like look and. Th- the fa- the facial expressions between the pair of us were like, uh, I don't want to. We don't want to celebrate too much, even at two, because you know, then the third one come and like. And I said, I think I said to you, I'd still take a point. And you were like, What are you on about, Lainey? You know, like, you know, the, we we won this, and I'm like, Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then then we got the fourth one, and then we're like, I, It was it was just potty. You know, I was always aware that you know Chelsea were capable of doing anything if it all clicked it just didn't it just looked it got they got more and more frustrated their, their fans got more and more frustrated before they left um, you know, the I don't know if everyone picked up. There was a bloke, a Chelsea fan, on the right-hand side of us, um, like, bald-headed guy with with glasses, and he was getting really, really irate at one, or really, really irate at, at two. And he sat down and shut up after that. I think, and and it was just kind of summed up the mood we were. We turned from you know little West London upstarts who who were kind of like you know above their station to worthy winners who who, who literally played them off the park in the second half and you know it it could have been more i'm not saying it should have been more but it it could have been more um we rode our luck a little tiny incy bit but um in one or two moments you know that ball that trickled past the post um another day that you know the the handball doesn't get picked up the, the goal that was ruled out um you know david rayad a couple of moments that you know were hearts in mouth and you know that they they probably go the other way sometimes but overall it was from start to finish in our comfort zone and we we came of age and we 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 knew that once we had our full strength proper team back we were be comp- we competing like we did at the beginning of the season and then add that Christian Eriksen ingredient, and we have become um, a far better team than than we than we kind of remembered because it's been a long it's been a long few months where you know where the results haven't gone our way, but they're starting to the tide
2: has turned, Bill. The tide has turned. Indeed, the tide has turned. I mean. I'm just going to ask a question to you as well. And I don't know it's, it's a question between ourselves, you know, you know, men in the room who are obviously, <laughs> it's, it's obviously the same way of thinking, but I'm going to throw it out there as a bit of a, uh, a devil's advocate question as well, because, uh, you know, there's some people that are saying, you know, the question is, you know, were Brentford good or were Chelsea poor? now as you as you know Laney, I was on the the BBC Football Daily podcast which is a big massive podcast that actually comes out every day a lot of people listen to it you know and they invited me on as a Brentford fan and I was chatting to them about the Chelsea game obviously very excited as I was the last time I was actually on the Football Daily podcast I was actually we went to Norwich and I had to pop out the pub after having a few wee sherbets sure? after that very uh, strange journey on the way back after Norwich and then I had to go out and chat to them about the Norwich game but I was equally ex- I was excited but a different type of excitement there now in that you know, I was telling him about my excitement and about how good Brentford were, and then Nigel Rio Coca, who was one of the uh, the pundits on the on, on the show, you know, he started talking about how Chelsea were really poor that game, and I had to just stop pulling back. And I said to him, like, you know, Nigel, I think you need to start giving some teams a bit of credit. And I said, Brentford, you've got to start giving them credit. And to try, you you haven't sort of once said that Brentford were good. What you've done is that you've discredited us by actually saying Brentford are bad. It's definitely worth checking it out. You know, it's on besotted.com. We put the the podcast up there as well. It's also going to be in the information um, um, box here as well. But I think it's just quite interesting because it's also how people rate us. I know we talk a lot about... Uh, Micah Richards and his rating of Brentford and there's this, 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 there's this thing about that where you can't you, you're unable to actually be good right if you are of a certain status okay and immediately if you actually get a result the result isn't because you have played well it's because the other team have played badly now I'm just asking you Laney just, just, we've, had a, we've had a few days off where we can chill and think about it was it a case of Chelsea played badly Brentford played well or was it a little bit of a mixture of the two?
3: You, what you just said there is spot on. Um, there is, a, there is a, a tendency to think that any club that's kind of not one of the biggies is, isn't capable of, of performing against the biggies because that's the way football kind of normally works. But in this instance, um, yeah, or, or, clearly uh, Chelsea weren't at their, their very best and clearly that we were at our best. But that doesn't distract from from what happens you know you you, you're right you have to give us credit rather than moaning about you know their 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 lack of firepower on the day and their 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 faults and their frailties they're not a frail team they've won the previous five or six games um yeah they did have a bit of an off day but it was the way we played we didn't allow them to, to 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 boss the game and that's that's you have you have to recognise that I, I, I believe you know, I, I, and I, I just think it's lazy just to say, well, we are, we we could only have won that because they were bad, and and I think that's a massive disrespect, and and I, and I have to say, you know, you handled you handled the last two interviews on on Radio Five but brilliantly I'd say because I just you know obviously you're right you know we, we we are like-minded and we you know we 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 put Brentford first and top and foremost and, and, and pretty much everything but it's 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 a, it's the truth and it wasn't a, a, a smash and grab where you kind of go yeah we were lucky there um everything I saw was a dismantling of of one of the best teams in the world and we have to pat ourselves on the back at from that and really you, it's, it's times like that you, you expect uh, a knowledgeable pundit to to have the nous and experience and the humility and the, and the, the manners really just to say well done and it, a few of them have said well done but they, it to, it's had to have been pointed out even Mika Richards said well done
2: Yes, right. And I mean, just coming back to this as well, we haven't got Will the Spreadsheet Winker on today's show because to be quite honest with you, we didn't need Will the Spreadsheet Winker. We do love Will and he's really great. But the fact is, right... All you have to do is have to look at this XG chart and all you can see is massive bubbles all over the place in the Chelsea penalty area where basically Brentford were creating chances. I mean, if this, a game for the neutral, this is an absolutely fantastic game for the neutral because there were so many chances that were created. Yes, we scored four goals, but I mean, I'm looking here and I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, probably eight or nine sort of reasonably large sized dots as well, which means that they are very good chances. And then about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about nine sort of smaller dots, which are sort of kind of uh, lesser chances that teams against us have actually scored against us, like, you know. So this is a game of chances. And for for Chelsea, they had probably sort of kind of two big chances in the area, two slightly smaller chances in the area, then lots of very small chances on the edge of the box. So, you know, 2.54 to 1.47 was the XG. We actually fully out XG the world champions as well I know some people don't like XG but I think you probably love XG today as well and uh, as a fairness rating because it was obviously 4-1 to Brentford do you think that was a fair score uh, Laney? what would you think the fairness rating should have been oh Christ yeah
3: um, it, I'd, I'd say 85% fair yeah.
2: Okay, I mean, I I think eighty-five percent. I think it's, uh, I think it should, I think it should be about forty percent fair because I think it should have been about seven-one to Brentford to (laughs) be quite honest with you. (laughs) So uh, yeah, so they need to sort that out, like you know, next time. But um, just just looking at the match itself because we were talking about whether or not it was a fair result or not a fair result, whether or not it was, was, you know, Brentford were lucky or they or Chelsea were poor. You know, Chelsea they were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from long shot situations and also creating goal-scoring opportunities from set pieces. Okay, so this is the thing again. We keep talking about you know, we do give away set pieces sort of quite a lot. You know, we didn't suffer for it so much this time as we have done before. Um, whereas Brentford, we created a high number of chances relative to our possession, we stole the ball often from the opposition. We were effective creating goal scoring opportunities from through balls, uh, we uh, goal scoring opportunities from counter attacks, we created uh, goal scoring opportunities from set pieces as well, and we were strong. ...at finishing... Um, ...where Chelsea were poor... ...they were poor at finishing... ...and also they committed... ...a high number of individual errors... ...and we lost possession offers ...so we know... ...we know actually kind of where we... ...we need to sort of improve our game here... ...because obviously you know... we we, we, we losing possessions... Um, is, is, isn't great but also Chelsea lost possession as well and, I, <clears throat> and obviously they lost possession more than they did and when they lost possession we actually kind of really made it count it's interesting as well to see the top performers again if you go to whoscored.com which we use quite a lot actually like a good little site to give you an idea and all the top performers you know they, they basically rate every player all the top performers uh, Janelt top with 8.5, then Bumo, 8.4, then Eriksen, 8.3, then Ivan Tony, 8.0, and then it drops down to Christian Norgard at 7.4. So we had all the top performers as well there as well. You know, if you're talking about, you know, dribbles as well, all the dribbles, interestingly, were coming from Chelsea, from Ruben loftus feet, Rudiger, you know, Keplecha, Kante and Mount as well. So they were doing more of the dribbles. We were kind of, uh, I think we were probably a little bit more... um I, sort of, I don't want to say direct, but we, we were getting the ball out. We were passing the ball out and getting it you know, getting it out to the wings more and just basically ripping them apart. So, I mean, that gives you an idea of kind of where it was at, you know, um, sort of stats-wise, stats you know, 52% to Chelsea to 48%. So they kind of slightly, you know, had more possession, but we obviously did more when we actually got the ball. You know, uh, attempts on target, eight to Chelsea and six to us, you know, and off target, nine to Chelsea and five to us. So again, like I said, that shows to you that we were much more clinical when it comes in front of goal which is something that we've been talking about for quite a while eleni you know um, you know again if you look at the xg table um the the justice league as they call it you know we're still right up there one two three four three four five six seven eight nine i think we're about ninth or tenth basically best XG in the whole country just below Man United just above Brighton and Crystal Palace and Southampton Chelsea are up there in third but you know we're kind of right up there but our league position doesn't reflect that which means that you know our league position being probably about five places below where the XG says it should be and listen I'm not doing mumbo jumbo what I'm just saying is the fact is that we're obviously creating good chances that we have been all season not putting them in the back of the net and this Chelsea game has been one game I, I suppose you can say where actually the chances that we have recreated we actually delivered. Delivered them all, and, and if we did that every game, we'll be in a different position. So it just goes to show you, kind of like you know, how small changes can uh, make a massive difference in it, Lainey.
3: Yeah, um, you know, with you know, the elephant in the room is Christian Norgarden, and um there's um, Christian Eriksson. Uh, he, you know, he, he has had an impact, and you know, whether it's necessary, you know, whether it's exactly from his passes and his goals. Um, and you know what, what he does with the ball and his vision. You know, that clearly that he's he's a, he's a you know he's a classy act. But I think it's I think it's raised the confidence levels um, and, uh, around him. I think people people are, are more they're, they're they're more on the front foot. There's less of a reliance um, on on Ivan Tony. Uh, you know he's not scored in the last couple of games, but you know we've 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 still looked good and created chances. I know we lost at Leicester and he really wasn't in it, but we we created a lot of chances. Um, you know Eriksen was missing from that game as well, but I, I just think I've, I think it's uh, it's given us a little a different way of playing and a bit more of a swagger. Um, and at Chelsea, it, it was you know it, all the ingredients were there to see. So. Yeah, it's, it's 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 great, and uh, you know it's, it's set set the end of the season up perfectly. You know, there's more, there's definitely more wins yeah, in this team. How many? I don't know, but you know, I'm really looking forward to the weekend. It's against a team that will come and come and play against us, and that allows for open matches. You know, you say the stats show that we we give the ball away a lot or too much, but I don't think we're looking for perfection. I think you know I, I, that 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 would be too dull for me you know, to to try and pick up on on thoughts. You know, I'm not expecting perfection. Well, Well, talk
2: about, sorry, talk about perfection. You know, Man City, we've talked about them, Man City versus Liverpool, and and this is not a disrespect. We're just giving our total thoughts about it. But for me, Man City, you know, when they come to Brentford, I I find it sort of particularly boring. And when we went up to Man City, it was particularly boring, whereas I find Liverpool vibe a little bit interesting because Man City, there is that perfection thing, and it's almost a little bit kind of sort of so clinical, clinically good. Does that make sense? Yeah,
3: yeah. no, it makes 100% sense. It's just like watching a metronome, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just perf- it's perfect, the perfect timing. Uh, hi- slightly hypnotic. You just get bored watching it, you know, left and right with a bit of excitement. Yeah, you know, we do give the ball away and it's heart and mouth, but then, you know, it allows players like Aya... Um, to come into his own, I mean, he celebrated that he slid across and made a challenge and blocked a shot, set, again celebrated it like he'd scored punch you know punch in the air and and taking the joy from his role as a defender. Um, as much as you know, Ivan Tony would from scoring a goal as, as a striker, um, you know it allows other players to shine. Um, you know, yeah, you know, there's, there's always bits and bobs and fine tuning, but that that you're right. It makes football so dull. And without mistakes, you don't score goals. You know, we can't be talking about a perfect game. Both teams were, were 100% perfect. They didn't make any mistakes. Nil nil you know without mistakes there's no goals you don't give the ball away no one gets possession it it, it's it's you know uh, what i saw on saturday as you say you from a neutral it was it would have been great but from a partisan bees fan it was exceptional
2: so listen hold i'm going to hold your beer there a minute laney because you were talking about christian erickson we're going to go over to to one of our chums we're going to go to jb because JB's got some facts and funk. He's got some Christian Ericsson as well, facts and funk. So I thought, let's throw in JB for now. Let's hear what facts and funk he's got. Then we'll come back. We'll talk about Mr. Erickson.
4: Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready
1: to talk it to you one time. I'll get it. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. After our two previous visits to Stamford Bridge ended 4-0 in favour of the hosts in the FA Cup ties of 2013 and 2017, we made history by scoring our first four goals there on our sixth league visit and recording and our second league win there. It's over a year since we've gone behind in an away league match yet taken all three points. Back in February 2021, it was a 3-1 win away at Reading with Josh De Silva scoring two goals from open play. He was the last player to achieve that before Vitaly Janelt. In over 4,200 league games in our history, Saturday was only the 61st time we'd scored four goals away. And the only previous one of those, which was nil at half-time, was away at Watford in 1931 in a third-tier match, which coincidentally also ended up in the same 4-1 winning outcome. We're currently on the best run of form since reaching the Premier League, with no surprise that has come since Christian Eriksen has been in the starting eleven. In fact, in the 28 league games which he didn't start, we collected 24 points, an average of just less than one per game, and scored 28 goals, exactly an average of one per game. However, in the three games he started, we've collected three points in each game, an average scoring three goals per game.
2: So there you go, JB, with his facts and his funk. And four goals away from home, Lainey. It's, it's annoying because that, that Reading game that you talked about, um, we weren't there. I think, I think that's one. Oh, <laughs> loyal. There. Yeah, well, we watched it on TV, didn't we? Because uh, we weren't allowed to go, um, which was quite frustrating, like you know. But um, you know, I said to you, scoring four goals away from home. Uh, talked about that. When can you remember? Can you remember any sort of kind of four? Oh, four goals. Or I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna just sort of you know, your memory because I mean it, it might be a little bit cloudy. Are there any other games that you can remember where we won four Ooh. or scored four, one, four goals away from home late?
3: There's, yeah. there's a couple, but um, you, other fans might not be aware. They happened like against lower league, lower West, London, lower league West London teams.
2: Oh, low, oh yeah. Who, who is that then? Because I, um, I can't remember.
3: What? Well, th- Fulham. Mm. Th- th- Fulham, I'm sure Fulham. Fulham was
2: one Fulham, Fulham. Oh yes, but I remember them.
3: We used to play them, didn't we? Yeah, I so thought we're playing them again next year. Yeah, okay, we won't but talk about that. Let's talk about. <laughs> uh, so the, other, the other, the other, no, one, what, so what, the no, other one. the other lot we will not be playing? What, what happened? We, what happened again? We went to Craven Cottage on Good oh, Friday. Good Friday, and it, it, and it was quite good,
2: if it I remember. Was, <laughs> It was actually, uh, if I remember rightly, it was actually exactly, I think it was about sort of, uh, it's it pretty much to the day, it was something like the 3rd or the 4th of April on Good Friday, it was an early Easter, and uh, and we went there, so it was, it was almost like kind of a carbon copy of a trip to West London, uh, literally what, sort of 15 minutes walk from where we were, and uh, it was exactly the same score, and uh, if I remember rightly, the Brentford fans were going completely, equally as potty. On that day, as they were, I mean, we had quite a few more fans because Fulham decided to give us 7,000 fans for <laughs> the tickets yeah. for that game, which is probably a big mistake because they probably just didn't realise. And we absolutely mm. did, uh, didn't we? yeah, yes, We, we did. really did. Like they, they weren't happy about that at all. So uh, that was one. And th- was there another one maybe? I can't remember.
3: Yeah, Loftus Road, mate. You you can't forget that one. Another four, another four-one tonking. Um, so yeah. So, I we got
2: the, so we got the West London, basically. So we we the West only London. West London team to have beaten our West London rivals. All of them four-one on their own patch. So uh, there's a stat for you, JB, You didn't stick that in your in your piece, did you? So you know we might have to take over. We might be I Milani mean, and Billy's facts. And funk, actually, I think, you know. But anyway, so just coming back to that, Christian Eriksen, as he said, you know, um, I know it's a small sample size, as they say in the stats department at Brentford, but, you know, 24 games um, we've played the season, less one, than one point a game with 28 goals. And then uh, we've got three games, uh, three points a game, so nine points. Sorry, that was 24 games without Christian Eriksen, um, um, 28 goals and less than a point a, point a game. And then the three games he started, we've had three points a game. That's nine points, and we had three goals a game. So, um, small sample size, as I say, but it obviously shows that he has been relatively effective when he's come into Brentford. Or maybe it's just a coincidence, isn't it, Laney?
3: Yeah, um, it's small sample size. You know, we, we get more, and but you know, I, I got a feeling. You know, we're not going to win every game. Um, we've got some toughies coming up, and there's, and, you know, it's going to be games where we don't get what we deserve as well. You know, it's just football but uh, uh it's it's he's made a huge difference and you know from from me and I'm 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 buzzing from the fact that he looks to be enjoying it as well you know we 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 said before he joined that there was a chance that he was going to you know Fall in love with Brentford, you know, a team that probably really didn't know a lot about. He obviously knew the Danish connections. He would have known that we got promoted. He obviously would have seen the Arsenal performance, and you know, we would have we would he would have known about us, but he wouldn't have known much about us. And I got a feeling, you know, the more he does find out, the more he does participate in, you know, a successful team he'll will get really excited, you know, he's cap he's already capped in his country again, he's be scoring goals for Denmark, there's every chance, you know, touch wood, there's no setbacks with him and, and and he'll go to the World Cup in Qatar. And beyond that we'll we'll see what happens, you know, whether he retires, whether he carries on playing football, whether he stays at Brentford, whether he goes elsewhere. Only time will tell. But Brentford doing everything in their in their power in terms of, you know, a, a non arm twisting way of getting under his skin and and um I, I you know the smile on his face when he put the ball in the back of the net um, at Stanford bridge and the way he celebrated with the players every time we scored a goal he's, he's properly part of that team now he's not he's not a, he's not there he's not been dragged there kicking and streaming and Strutting around thinking I'm too good for this. He, he's contributing, he's enjoying, he's, he's scoring, he's setting up, he's doing all the things that he said he wanted to do, I hope to do, uh, all over again. And, you know, he's, and he's guaranteed a start. He, he wouldn't be guaranteed that start at teams far higher up the, the, the ladder than us. So, um, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying
2: that, and I, I don't think this story is going to end anytime soon. Listen, we discussed on last week's podcast, Ericsson, will he stay? Will we go? And that was a little bit of a debate between myself and yourself. We're going to just come back to that in a little bit, actually, Laney, because I think this has moved on a little since last week. But just coming back to that, I know you talked about the fact that Ericsson makes you know the team around him plays plays play better. I mean, this is something that I've actually kind of noted down. You know, I sort of watched it and I said the thing, and I and I also talked about it on again again on the BBC podcast where I said to it that you know the thing is that Ericsson has come in I said we've always had good players but what he's done is he's given them confidence and allowed them to play in the way that we know that they can play because he's a very good player now the positive thing about it is that whether or not Eriksson stays or not we've actually had a player in the side which uh, Thomas Frank and also the director of football has realised has actually kind of almost up the value of everybody in the side. So this player inside there has allowed the players to play like they, you know, like you know like we know that they can play. So obviously Ivan Tony's doing his thing. You know, he created a lot of problems on Saturday, even though he didn't score. You know, Brian and Bumo created a lot of problems, you know, set up what's a couple of goals on Saturday. You know, all these things that, that you're giving your other players... Um, um, a lot of value, and also it's actually going, to, you know, it's putting a focus on like, oh God, who do we mark? Who? Do we? Oh no, there's another danger person inside because they're actually somebody who's actually doing something which is very, very, you know, giving the opposition problems. So I'm saying that I think that the positive thing about this is having a player like this in our team, whether or not he comes or whether or not he leaves, we'll have the knowledge by having the trial, having him in our side to know that actually, tell you something. If Christian Eriksen is here, we either have to kind of like we'll have to do what we can to, to keep him. But if, we, if he's not here, we actually need to have somebody like him in our side because we have seen what he can do over, it's probably going to be what, 10 games, whatever like that, between then and the end of the season, not quite sure, probably about to say 10 games. We've had 10 games to see what he can do plus what he's like in training. And if we remove that from our side, it's going to be difficult. So we need to replace him, if we haven't got him, with something which is similar. Okay. it might be a cheaper version somebody who's younger or and, and, and whatever like that but you know it, and it might cost us a bit more money than we normally used to but that money's going to be worth it because it's going to raise the value of everybody and it's going to replace their performance levels
3: yeah we we need a, a you know a classy international experienced midfield that midfielder that can play in a similar way that uh, that he does you know needle in the haystack stuff um, but they are out there um and it's it's a, it's going to be a bank breaker signing um but we we'll have the money it's it's not it's not a matter of you know can we afford that yes we can and obviously it's got to be the right player we can't we can't afford to have like pre madonnas um you know that that's, that was always the risk with him that it, you know the attitude wouldn't wouldn't be right he wouldn't you know but it's it's been the opposite it's, it's infectious the other the other players are feeding off of him they're buzzing off of him um so i'm sure i'm sure phil giles is is out there looking at options um they as i said they're out there it's just whether it's whether you know how much they're going to cost us and getting the timing right there there, there has to be conversations about whether he's going to stay um before the before the six months are up because um You know, we need to know what we're going to do. For the beginning of next season, and those kind of negotiations and those kind of uh, you know uh, that search is happening right now. It's it's, it's, we can't wait and just see what happens to to Christian. So those conversations will be happening behind the scenes. I I have no doubt, but they won't be they won't be made in public. That's for sure. You know, Tim Sherwood, the pundit, um, the ex ex Tottenham player and manager, and Blackburn Rovers. Uh, championship winner, he, he said. You know, he shouldn't be at Brentford. He should be at Tottenham. Well, you know, he should be at Brentford, and 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 I, I, I personally believe he will be um, for, for for quite a while. So, but you're right. You know, it's shown us what that kind of calibre of player can do. It allows us still to um, to be a bit of a nursery for for cracking talent to to, to get even better and prove that they're prem. They've done that, you know, but. Having having the spine of the team with with real, real uh, prowess and and, and caliber is, is something we have to make sure continues.
2: Yeah, I mean, coming back to Tim Sherwood, and like I said to you, ex-Tottenham player, you know, and ex-ex uh, manager until he, uh, well, he was sacked, I think, because he wasn't very good, and so now he's doing punditry. Well, there's nothing wrong with punditry. There's some very good pundits out there, but Steve, um, like I said, Sherwood. His his he he actually made these comments on a on a television show. I think it was might be in the Kelly Cates TV show, Premier League show, and basically he said, you know, and he he knew what he was saying because he said, look, look, don't take this the wrong way, but you know. Christian Emerson shouldn't be at Brentford, he should be at Tottenham. And he, he sort of said that two or three times. Now, this is... Uh, the, the disrespect again that is shown towards sides like us, you know, little teams. You know, you shouldn't be coming up here poking in our big players, like you know you shouldn't do. But also the other thing is that you've got to argue the point that you know there is a number of sides that possibly didn't want to take the chance that we took on Christian Eriksen. Just like they, they basically they don't take the chances that we do on other players like Neil Malpay and, and you know Owen Tony and uh, you know Ollie Watkins and all these. We can we can list. 50 players that other teams don't take a chance on, and as soon as we blow them up, they're all going, Yeah, we could have signed him, we should have signed him, or we, all this kind of stuff. It's all nonsense because they're three or four or five steps behind us on the old curve, like you know what I'm saying. So, I mean, there, there was a chat that I had with you know, with um, one particular uh, character who you know who's gonna remain really nameless as it is, but you know, who, who knew, what the, you know, knew what the score is, and you know, he said that you know, to be honest with you, you know, Ericsson's come in and he's a bit of a shop window for these other clubs because none of them wanted to take a risk on him with the heart condition that he had so this makes it much easier for them if he goes into Brentford he does what he does and then afterwards they can go oh, that works you know oh yeah Brentford are trying it out for us we'll just go and lob him a load of money and uh, then he'll come to us. Now, you know, coming back to the conversation we had last week, Laney, You know, I said very much I didn't think that Christian Eriksen is going to stay because I think that if he, you know he gets a championship, Champions League call, or he gets a even a Europa League call. he will actually go in that direction. And also, to be quite honest with you, before uh, last Saturday, I definitely think I really saw Christian Eriksen smile too much. You know, you know, when he sort of he looked very, very serious. However. I'm, I have to say that I might sort of, kind of change my opinion slightly after that game because I think we turned around and uh, I think you said to me and somebody else said to me, she said, do you think that this game may have had an impact on Christian Eriksen staying at Brentford? And I thought to myself, actually, it might do because the fact is that, you know, f- you know, how many times has he been to Tottenham and gone there and, and not Tottenham to, uh, to, to Chelsea and gone there and, and absolutely torn them to pieces when they're a good side? And I think he can also f- see the feeling that you have, especially when it's a side like us, because a side who is so, you know, underdogs. And and but also he knows that we've got some good footballers in the side. And and I think maybe he's sort of thinking, I can actually, I can actually make a difference here. And at a time in his life when certain things have happened, which has, you know, probably made him think, you know, sometimes you know the challenge isn't oh let's go and play Real Madrid in the you know Champions League final actually you know how can I actually really make a difference and if Brentford have turned around and said well I'll tell you something we've got a load of money in the pot because we didn't really spunk all the money last you know last window or last year you know and we're actually going to kind of go and just you know strategically buy players in the right places that actually might make him more excited than signing for you know you know Chelsea and then you know losing in the Champions League quarterfinals and, uh, and, and and not winning the league again, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm just slightly twisted there, Laney. I've, I've, I've kind of moved slightly towards your camp on Christian Eriksen. Might think that Brentford is a nice home. And also the photographs of him with his family on, was it was that Q Green or Richmond Green or something like that? I think he's in Richmond as well, where he was there in Richmond. And uh, and I think probably some fans took photographs of him because they recognised him, but he was in Richmond and he probably got no one coming up to him because no one would recognise him there, would they?
3: No, he, he, yes, you well, know, I talk about that's that falling in love uh, thing, you know, he, and it's also what he wants to do after football. We we, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, or last week, you know, we we allow him to kind of grow into a role beyond his footballing days as well. Does he want to coach? Does he want to manage? Does he want to be a director of football? Does he? You know, he's he's got. He's got the, the the footballing world at his at his fingertips. Beyond playing the game, um, he can do anything he wants. He may decide to just go and sit on a beach for ten years. You know, he's got the money to do that as well. But you know, we we find that football people want to stay in the game, and we we allow him to do that as well. With our you know, with our, you know Danish connections, and um, it, it, it is a perfect fit both while playing and and post playing for him. You know. Yeah, he could. He probably could go and sit on Tottenham's bench and get a subs appearance every now and again. He's not going to get week in, week out starts. I don't believe at many teams much further up the pecking order than, than 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 Brentford. You know, he might get it at Southampton. Is it worth? Is it is it worth the risk going there? No. He he, he might get it. At, um, he might get it at Leeds. He's not going to go there. He, he, there are place. There are places that that he could fit into a team that play in a similar ish way, um, and 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 get you know regular starts. But he's not going to get that at Man United. He's, they're not going to sign him anyway. Man City. They're not going to sign him. Tottenham. Realistically, you might get Sherwood saying that, but you know he, he's not. They're not planning. Six years down the line, or the next wave of world class players. Christian Eriksen doesn't come into that. He'll be a useful sub, but he gets regular starts. He will get a guaranteed start with us, and that is worth its weight in gold to him. So, yeah, I, I I think I think you're right, Bill, to be kind of coming over to my way of thinking. But it's not to say I'm right. You know, you, you might go elsewhere, but um, I just can't see it
2: yeah so lately i mean let's, let's just hop back again listen we're allowed to do that we're spending a lot of time talking about chelsea actually and uh and right so too let's just talk let's just talk about before the game during the game after the game you know the enjoyment you know you know maybe what you did before the game or after the game or just 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 throw me laney some just moments that made you smile you know just during that day just could <coughs> you think of anything you know or maybe even afterwards
3: um no. see, Yeah, well, I, I pointed out the the, the 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 baldy guy with the glasses, seeing his seeing his kind of demeanour change as as we cranked up the goals. That 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 made me giggle. It's always it's always fun to see one person in the crowd going crazy, and then then you know like the Crystal Palace guy at the beginning of the season. So they they always stand out for me. Um Watching the scoreboard change, just watching Thomas Tuchel um, huffing, you know, I, I, my my eyesight's not what it was, but I could see from from uh, from from however many yards away that his body language was 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 awful. Lenny, um,
2: just just quickly, sorry to interrupt you there, but you said seeing the scoreboard change. I mean, there was actually quite a quite a funny uh, little caption or funny little uh, meme or whatever you want to call it. Like you know, what I'm saying oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Griffin yeah. Park grapevine, which actually showed the final scoreboard and the scoreboard said champions of the world 1 nowhere special 4 so and I've, I, that that actually tickled me actually i thought that was very funny people that don't know what it's talking about that was uh, you know obviously you know Chelsea, the champions of the world and obviously ivan tony when he was uh, when he had a video stuck up in his nose and they said who do you play for and he said nowhere special like you know which there is a lot of anger about that but i like the fact that that kind of little phrase has been actually turned into something Quite funny and uh, and and very football fan ish as well. And talk about football fan ish as well. Actually, like, which 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 was your favourite chant? Actually, because there's there's quite a few perlers there, weren't there
3: Chelsea gets sanctioned everywhere they go. That was <laughs> that was quite amusing. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not it's not the same Chelsea as uh, you know as, your- as it has been. What I thought was
2: quite funny, I mean, this must have really confused them, is that you're so loud, you sound like all the shots. Yeah, 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 that, that <laughs>
3: actually, yeah, no, well done to <laughs> those that started that uh, off to the right. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that got a bit of traction. <laughs> yeah, 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 they've yeah run, well done, happy. some good yeah, ones. they weren't
2: happy about that. There's a few others as oh, well, yeah, can we play you every week? I mean, that is a disrespect as well, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Brentford's yeah. their first sort of league for, trip to to Chelsea for well, over 50 years or something like that. And we're singing, can you play you every, can we play you every week? um I did actually have to I don't normally watch these things but I did watch this sort of kind of it's probably sort of Chelsea fan TV or something like that and I actually just watched one of their videos based um in the away end as well sorry in the home end because we we're in the away end actually because i just like to sort of see um in the distance sort of see all the brentford fans going potty after every goal and sort of hearing the mutterings from the chelsea fans and it's definitely worth having a, just have a little listen to because it's like these childish things that we have to do you know we so may be older but we're still very childish you know uh, so surprised generation. he uh, didn't get grassed up and have that footage taken down bill well you know they're Chelsea now it's just it's different gravy isn't it like you know what I'm saying so uh yeah which is which is all good but um but yeah but other than that like I said yeah I had a good good drink beforehand actually tell you something actually what made me really, really maybe smile is uh I I met beforehand with a load of my Chelsea chums as I do so uh, I actually met in the uh, a pub down on Parsons Green I met up with a load of Chelsea chums and uh, it was really good to see them a lot of them I worked with them in uh, in the record label that I was, was at before I actually used to do a lot of my mastering actually there just off Parsons Green, um just on Heathman's Heathman's Terrace, I think it was. Just just off Parsons Green, then I, I, I was doing the old history tour there actually, because I am. Um, as I passed there, I just remembered that's where I, I used to do the PJ and Duncan. I used to. I used to A&R for them as well and their studio used to be just down there in Parsons Green and they used to have loads of little sort of girls like you know sort of BJ Anton Deck fans camping out like at the bottom of the road like you know and I used to come in and sort, of, sort of walk over sort of like 30 or 40 fans who were camped out there so that sort of brought back some memories but I also brought back some memories of when I when we played uh, we played um uh, Chel- uh, Oldham in the FA Cup and I remember it was the day of my Christmas party for my work and we had it down there in Parsons Green just down there and I turned up um, well, I, went, I went fancy dress and I turned up actually because Brentford were playing Oldham that day and if we beat them we would have actually played ironically Chelsea massive game I couldn't miss that but it's gutted it's on our Christmas party day we had sort of Crave David doing a PA in there and they had free drink and everything like that so I thought I've got to go so I went to Brentford dressed up in my army gear, I don't know if you remember it, I, I, I had all the army stuff on my face, I had the old green, the army greens on, I had the hat on, and I was sort of standing in the um, in hate corner fully dressed up as some sort of kind of soldier like you know i'm saying then after that i uh then after that we lost i was absolutely gutted and i had to sort of get a taxi down to parsons green in my army gear so it's exactly that same point i don't know i've I've deviated away again but the reason why is i said i met some of my old record company chums chelsea chums and i saw the photograph afterwards and there's like five or six or six or seven of them and we've got a photograph there's me smiling and they're all smiling a massive smile on their face and i was thinking I don't think that smile would have been there at five o'clock, actually. So that was all good. King Tut and everyone like that—you know—the smile definitely wouldn't have been on his face with it, lady. No, no, they—they, they, I, I, I'm, yeah, I
3: can actually, I know him well enough to picture their kind of. Arrogance, and especially, especially Tut. You know, he's got a his sense of humour is kind of like he's very dismissive and, and uh, kind of yeah, he's kind of surly, isn't he? In his in his kind of like confidence about Chelsea, and even if they're rubbish, even if they lose, he, he won't have it. So um, yeah, he, he'll be he'll be really smarting after that one. I mean, it's not as if he won't feed on it for several years, is
2: it? No, no, not at all. I have. I've been constant. I've been constant. Yeah. He, to be fair, he did. He did. His, his excuse was that last year when they lost to West Brom, then they went off and you know they became you know European champions, and so this was just a setup for the Real Madrid game. Well, uh, that didn't go particularly well, did it? Anyway, so um, listen. We should, we should really we should really move on from Chelsea. I mean, I want to carry on talking about Chelsea for the rest of the year, but, you know, we've got, we've got to talk about other things. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk West Ham. So West Ham, we're going to uh, find out about West Ham because I'm going to talk to Will Pugh from We Are West Ham. He's going to give us the lowdown on West Ham.
4: I'm Will Pugh from the We Are West Ham podcast, looking ahead to Sunday's game at Brentford. And frankly, similar to post-Europa League games we've played recently, uh, I couldn't really care less what the score is. West Ham getting a one-all draw against Lyon on Thursday night. Uh, ahead of the second leg of that Europa League quarterfinal in France next Thursday. The Brentford game sandwiched in between, and while we are sort of in the mix for the top six, certainly still, and um, the top four, I think, is, has always been a stretch too far, um, ultimately, I just want to see us do well in Europe, really. So, if we weren't to, to get any points from Brentford on Sunday, I wouldn't be too upset. The last time we played each other, of course, was that heartbreaking, attritional, dull affair at the London Stadium. Brentford nicking the last-minute winner, of course. One of the most disappointing and probably worst games I've been to this season, in fact. Um, Yeah, just uh, I think two sides sort of cancelling each other out a bit. Um, And it was just Brentford who, who nicked it at the end. A draw, I would say, was probably a fair result. Uh, but we certainly didn't deserve to win it, so that was a frustrating one. It would be nice, of course, to get some revenge, if you like, um, for that one. Um, and I think West Ham will be one of the few grounds this season uh, for whom Christian Eriksen turns up at. Um, and all that, of course, he'll get a he'll get a, a warm reception, no doubt. But the uh, the Tottenham links will remain, of course, but. Brentford are entirely different prospect with, with him in the team. So certainly not um, a game that West Ham fans are, are taking as a given. Uh, I think being away from home will suit us a little bit because we can sit back and and perhaps counter-attack, which will be good. Um, I mentioned that, that game earlier in the season, though, and our, se- and our season's gone pretty well since that game. We've had, it was sort of, a, that, that's been a bit of a hallmark of our season and perhaps why we're not even further up the table is um, games, home games, or a res- lack of decent results at home against teams that we, well, I think, you know, the, the bookies would certainly have said uh, we were favourites to win as we were for that Brentford game at London Stadium. We failed to beat Brighton. We've lost to Southampton. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just one of those, like, annoying, irritating patterns that are starting to develop. But, um, yeah, still sixth in the league. The focus has been really on the Europa League. Dave Moyes has done a brilliant job of eking out results uh, after Europa League games. We lost to Tottenham away recently. Um... But we also beat Aston Villa off the back of a, a Europa tie. We had a few decent results earlier in the season, so I don't quite buy into the post-Europa hangovers as much as some people do. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, and still, though, with that, that game against Leon away next Thursday, I'd, if, if it was a case of resting players or whatever for sunday then I'd, I'd quite happily see that happen the ties poised at one all of course um so yeah i i think to be honest if uh yeah if, if Moisey makes a couple of changes not that he can because our squad is so light which is somewhat irritating um but yeah look i mean it's an absolutely brilliant time uh, to support West Ham at the moment. Jared Bowen's just come back. He scored, obviously scored on both games since his return from a heel injury. So it doesn't look to have hampered him too much, which is good. I think um, I would expect him to start on Sunday um, along with Manuel he might be back and I wouldn't be surprised to see him in. He had a car crash recently um, and I think he might be back um, in contention I don't know that for certain if he does he'll come in for one of uh, Pablo Fornells or side Ben Rama I would imagine I would imagine it would be um, well Ben Rama, Although it would be good to see him play at Brentford no doubt he'd like to play there David Moyes does seem to have a bit of a excuse me does seem to have a bit of an issue With Ben Ramese, the most subbed player in the Premier League this season. So even if he does get on from the beginning, um, he doesn't always finish the game. But uh, yeah, other than that, unlikely to make many changes. We just haven't got that much of a deep squad. Aaron Cresswell will play uh, because he's suspended for that second leg. Fabianski will be in goal. Dawson and Zuma in the middle of a back four. um, With the right back, probably Ryan Fredericks or Ben Johnson. Uh, not sure. Rice and Sue check at the base of midfield. Uh, Antonio up front and then attacking midfield three as I mentioned. Uh, it'll be three of Jared Bowen, uh, Manuel Lanzini, Saeed Benrama or Pablo Fornals uh, Exciting game in order. I've been Will Pugh from the We Are West Ham podcast and I hope everyone listening enjoys the game but not too much.
2: So there you go West Ham uh, and Millwall no, actually, not Millwall. I keep forgetting, you know. It's just a song, isn't it? You know, was it Chelsea, West Ham, and Millwall, and the fact that we've got Chelsea and West Ham but not Millwall it's just really confusing us but you know we'll, we'll get we'll get over it anyway all the Americans have probably done, have no idea what we're talking about here actually you know, but just come down to New Griffin Park and you will you will get a good idea if you come to quite a few games you'll get it I mean the Dutch Bees actually flew over for this game as well which is good to see the Dutch Bees to be fair they've actually flown over for quite a few games this season they come over from Holland they've got season tickets they come over you know for you know maybe two or three you know but once every two or three games and the, the, they, had, they had a right laugh on Saturday I tell you. I don't know if they got back to Holland in one piece, to be fair. But like I said to you, it'd be good to see you. I know we've got a few ATL. We've got a few of the Atlanta Brentford fans who started supporting us at the beginning of the season. They've already bought their flights and they're coming over for the Southampton game. So we'll be checking you in the globe before the game and after the game, no doubt as well. Like, you know, the Katie and Andrea and crew, which is all good. So, um, yes, um, talking about um, West Ham, Laney, um, they're coming and West Ham are actually quite good, aren't they? And I'm not saying this condescendingly, I'm just saying they're actually quite good. I think for West Ham, they've probably got the same issues that people talking about them at the beginning of the season as, as people talking about, you know, how we feel people talking about us. They're like figured, oh yeah, top four is just going to be Man City and Chelsea and, you know, whoever else it's going to be. And West Ham have been sniffing around and just causing quite a few problems all season, haven't they?
3: Yeah, they've had a great they've had a great season. Um, you know, their, their fans have had their expectations raised, and they're, they're going quite long, aren't they? In this in the in Europe at the moment, and they they played last night, um, and they've got a one all draw with Lyon, who are no mugs. Um, uh, got a player sent off. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they got you know they've got the away leg in France next Thursday night, um, and this is to get to the semi-finals. So I, I got a feeling that they're, they'll have more than one eye on that on that second leg, and that's not to say they won't come to, to our place and, and, and give it a go, but they're 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 bigger, you know. They got they got a real chance of of winning a major European trophy there i um, not big as Leeds, obviously, but
2: no, you know, no. 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 But um, no, Leeds will be retaining the, yeah, the, the, ch- the European trophy because they're yeah, champions regardless. of Europe, aren't they? Yeah. yeah.
3: So, but you know, but West West Ham, are, you know, are challenging for that fourth place. Now, is that realistic? I, I I'm not sure. I, you know, so the prob- probably their biggest chance of big success this year is in in Europe. So I, I, they won't go weakened, but. You know what it's like when you've got a, 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 a critical game like this um, coming up in midweek. It, it sometimes does affect your your performance on in the previous match. So um, yeah, I, I think I think we could do well again. We, you know, we know how they play. They're they're open, they're expansive, they're direct. You know, they've they've got you know M- you know Mikhail Antonio up front, and they try and get the ball to him, and he's like a bit of a battering ram. You know, Jared Bowen, we know all about him, class only getting better and better. And Ben Rama we know all about so they've they've got pace coming forward, Signed Ben Rama was taken off at half time, which I thought again is hard you know, Moyes clearly I've got has got a problem with him because I, from what I saw in the game last night, Sayed Ben Rama was really, really on it. You know, he, he, he didn't necessarily deliver a score but you know, he, he was busy and he he was, he was he was you know, his touch was quality and it, maybe saving him for the Brentford well, now uh, for, his, for his, poss- his old club. Possibly yeah, yeah it, you know, he, he scored. Side scored against us, didn't he, in the season friendly, um, and didn't celebrate. So they, he showed the manners, and he'll be. He will. He will be looking forward to coming back. Um, uh, but you know, yeah, this threat's all over the place. You know, Aaron Creswell, we know Kurt Zuma. Don't bring your cats along on Saturday, obviously. Mm. Um, Sunday, yeah, but yeah. Suit su- no, no su- 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 check. Four Now's Declan, Declan Rice, Rice is going to be
2: interesting because yeah. you know, obviously, midfield battle is going to be a key battle as well. And, you know, there's a talk, you know, a lot of people say Declan Rice, best midfielder in the country. But then, he's you know, he's, he's up against, in effect, we've got Christian Norgard, who's going to be doing, you know, the business there. And obviously we've got, you know, we've got also our other midfield, which is, you know, which I think would have strengthened sort of quite dramatically, you know, since Eriksen's come in. You know, obviously, uh, Jan Holt got, you know, player of the match against Chelsea as well. He, he was phenomenal. So it's a different, different, sort of different gravy than them two coming together now, isn't it? Yeah,
3: they've got they've got quality everywhere, you know. And so, you know, let's let's, let's not, us not sort of take anything for granted. Um, It should be what what I am taking for granted. It should be a really good game of football, and that's you know a little bit bland to say that. But you know, I I think we get a point at least out of this game Um, if we show any kind of consistency, which we have shown the last last four or five games we've we've played. You know, I can't count the Newcastle game because that was a bit of a you know cock up because of the early sending off but Norwich Burnley Leicester we played well Chelsea we played brilliantly and now we've got West Ham so we're on a decent run of of performances consistent high performances and you know there's there's we will raise it again for for West Ham. We beat them at their place. They'll want revenge, but I think that again they'll have one eye on next Thursday's game in, in France, and we'll get you know an extra few percentage points of of, 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 of sway out of that as well.
2: Yeah, and they've got XB Ryan Fredericks in the house as well. We had him on loan from Tottenham as well, if you remember in our uh, Division 1 days, I think it was. So, uh, But listen, listen, looking at West Ham, what they're good at. Counterattacking, they're very good at. And also coming back from losing positions, they're very good. They're also good at finishing scoring chances, and they're good in the air where they're weak. is defending attacks down the wings, which is good for us, and also defending against skillful players, which I could say potentially mm. is good for us as well. You know, what they do, they cross is often, down the left, you know, with width. And they normally play with the same first 11 as well, and they're not very aggressive. So that's kind of where West Ham are. And it's interesting because you were talking about, and this is a very, very good point, Lainey. You know, you were talking about where they're at or where they are in the future, uh, West Ham, where they're looking at, where they're, are they going to make it into the top four, is what the question is what you're saying. So we look at 538, and 538 actually have West Ham finishing in 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th place. They've got West Ham finishing in 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th place, um, and 60 points. And they've got two percent chance of qualifying for the Champions League is what they say. So they say that like, that's it. It's all over for them. And then they're normally quite spot on. Two percent is quite sort of kind of quite high. So maybe you are right. Where West Ham's focus is going to be on Thursday. As for Brentford, you know, for us, we are less than one percent chance of relegation. It's all over as far as they're concerned. And I think that is as good as it gets. Less than one percent chance of relegation. Whereas this week, interestingly, Everton actually fall into the relegation zone for the first time. They predicted them to finish third from bottom with 34 points, with uh, Watford and Norwich below them, and Burnley. Just slipping out on 35 points they've got us predicted finishing on 43 points which is actually kind of a good 10 points above the relegation zone so that is good news which goes to show you what the difference that game has made for us against Chelsea and the way that we play the last few weeks but I'm going to come back to you Laney about this West Ham game looking at that talking about that talking about all that's going got happening and I want to ask you for a score prediction about Sunday
3: I'm going to go for
2: 3-1 Brentford win wow, Laney's gone all Billy the Bee, like, you know, gone with all these mad, flipping yeah, uh, results and uh, predictions, which is good. I, You know, like I said, you did say earlier, I did actually get the, uh, Chelsea I did predict that we were going to beat Chelsea and I did it very calmly it wasn't uh, rose-tinted glasses I just thought that we we're going to get a result from somewhere I did have therefore get it wrong because I said sometimes you get a lucky result where the opposition does things and then you just come up and you get a result out of the blue it's um, like luckily if somebody's ass in the 90th minute but it wasn't like that at all with Chelsea but I'm going to go with the West Ham result and I'm going to go slightly with you as well but slightly more conservative Laney because I can't beat that mad 3-1 I'm going to go 2-1 to the mighty mighty bees actually so listen anyway this is the besotted pride of west london podcast don't forget to subscribe to us and also give us a review and write all sorts of very nice things to us we've had a great week brentford had a great week all the brentford fans out there i'm sure you've had a fantastic week as well uh um, i'm sure you had plenty of beer but if you want to buy us a beer you can go to besotted.com forward slash beer as well and buy us a beer and thank you for everybody who supported us and bought beers don't forget we've got christian erickson shirts as well out there as well go to besotted.com you can check out the christian erickson shirts we've got vitale channel shirts as well you know we've had them for a while you can check him out because he is the man machine but like i said to you we have beaten Chelsea uh, Champions of Europe Chelsea of the world you know nothing all over the place because we're very good and we're playing but we're playing West Ham uh, not Millwall uh, because Millwall you know <laughs> uh, so we've got West Ham on Sunday I'm going to be getting down there early because I didn't have as big a drink as I could have done after the uh, game on Saturday because I had to shoot back off and uh, take care of my younger little friends who were with me but I'm going to make sure that I have a good time on Saturday I've got my West Ham chums coming down I've got DJ Dave we've got the Herbie we've got you've got all sorts of we've got Danny we've You've got all sorts of characters of West Ham's going to be coming down because they're very excited about the game as well. But like I said, Brentford, they're doing very well. come as on, we say, you bees, as we say, come on, you bees, Chelsea, West Ham, and Millwall. No, no, not, not Millwall. Sorry, I keep getting it wrong. Let's Let's
0: say come. Come.